This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My colleague won't stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people in meetings. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast, where I answer questions from listeners about life at work. Everything from what to say if you're allergic to your coworker's perfume to what to do if you drank too much at the company party. Let's get started. Being around negative people who complain all the time can be exhausting. And when that negative person is your coworker and you're trapped in an office with them, it can be really draining not to be able to get away from this constant flow of complaints. And that is the situation that today's caller is in. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for helping me, Allison. Well, let's see. You have a pretty intractable problem here. So <laughs> we'll see if you still feel that way at the end of the show. So you have a coworker who is incredibly negative. She's a bookkeeper who comes in a few times a month and she shares an office with you when she does. And she complains constantly about life and about work. And to really paint a picture here, in your letter to me, you wrote that her negative rants go on and on to the point that, to quote your letter, I want to take a shower from the negativity in the room. When she leaves, I open windows and vacuum and play happy music. I'm not exaggerating. Nope. <laughs> you, you also wrote, I feel like this is a non-consensual therapy relationship and she just expects me to be her therapist. And you're looking for a way to set boundaries with her and maybe talk to her about the negativity without hurting her feelings or at least in a way that is socially acceptable to say. Am I getting all that right? That is exactly right. She And, you know, I should say, because the letter was written in a 
point of frustration that she is a lovely person, like overall, like, I mean, she's, she has such a great heart and she's such a great human being. It's just that her mindset is so negative that just some stuff comes out. And so I don't, that's part of the reason I just really don't want to hurt her feelings or I don't, I want to be more socially conscious of her just because, um, you know, she is lovely, (laughs) just, uh, just hard to be with. It's really draining, I think, to be around someone who is just so negative. And it's especially hard at work where you need to focus and you're this trapped captive audience who can't just walk away because you've got to sit there and try to work. How long has this been going on? This is, I've been with this company for almost three years and it's twice a month for three years. Um, And she'll come in for a couple hours twice a month, which thankfully it's not every day. Like if it was every day, I don't know if I could have stayed with the company, but like, you know, sit twice a month is like, but it, yeah, it's a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing, I guess, that, <laughs> that it's only twice a month. But if it's really intense, I bet it feels like a lot. What kinds of things does she complain about? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it can go from something that's going on. You know, sometimes it's just sharing something in her life with her, you know, marriage or her household or guests coming in to stay or her recent trip. Um, sometimes it's just local news in the area. Sometimes it's national news. I mean, it's pretty much if I a conversation topic comes up, it's going to go in a negative direction. I think occasionally I'll find a couple safe topics that she can, that like it's only like semi-negative where it's like not as bad, but like it, sometimes she can get so worked up on stuff that she'll get emotional even over stuff, which can be really hard to deal with when I'm trying to take calls or handle stuff at work as well. Oh, fascinating. I feel like I've had a few people like this in my life, maybe not to this extent, because as we get into the details that you shared in your letter, I think it really sounds a lot worse than the way chronic complainers usually present. But I think in general, it's so unpleasant to be around. But the thing that is fascinating to me is that for the complainer, a lot of the time, it doesn't seem to be unpleasant to them <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they get some kind of enjoyment from the complaining, but it's not clear why. To some extent, I kind of think maybe they just have a different tolerance for unpleasant conversation. Like a really minor example of this is that my mother loves to complain about frustrating customer service experiences. Like, I don't know why that's her thing, but she loves it. And she takes real joy in recounting in great detail the frustrating conversation that she had with the phone company or with the plumber. (laughs) And when I say she takes joy in it, she really seems to love it. Like, I guess that it's venting, but with her, it, it seems like a form of storytelling that she finds interesting and entertaining, but which I find highly stressful (laughs) to listen to. I mean, I have my own annoying customer service experiences and I don't need the stress of anyone else's. And she especially likes to call me after I've had a really long and stressful workday and launch into these lengthy diatribes. So I eventually had to ban her from doing it because it really does stress me out. And I think she was baffled by that because she doesn't find it stressful. She's entertained by talking about it. So she can't relate. <laughs> so I wonder, <laughs> is is your sense that your coworker is sort of a happy grump in that way? I mean, I don't know that it changes yeah, the advice. Yeah, that's totally right. That's exactly what's up. I, I'm glad you pinpointed that because that's, yeah, it's, that's exactly it. And I love that too. Cause it's always, it's always like when, you know, like you really don't need it too. <laughs> like you're like, you know, I really didn't need this today. Like I, I have, I'm working on my own stuff here. So that's, yeah. I love your, I love your story about your mom there. That's awesome. <laughs> Cause I do think there are some people where they're not a happy grump. Like their energy is just all dark clouds. 
totally aside from the actual content of what they're saying. But then there are these people who like really do seem to take a lot of pleasure in the negative stuff that they're sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. (laughs) Now, when you said before that it feels like she wants you to be her therapist, is she also like trying to get you to talk through her problems with you or does she just want someone to listen? Well, what's interesting is that she treats it like she wants me to talk through it with her, but she doesn't actually want that. So what'll happen is when we are talking, um, she'll just start on a on a monologue about something. Like maybe, um, you know, she had an argument with her husband the night before. So she'll start talk. She'll just be like, "Oh, my husband sucks," and then she'll just start arguing, like saying, "Like we had this argument. She's so annoying and all of that." And she'll like get, try to get my confirmation. Like she'll be like, isn't that terrible? Like, isn't that the worst? Um, and I'm just like, and sometimes it, like, I've tried where I'm just like, sure. Yeah. And then like, I just change topics. Um, I do a lot of just body language. that's like, I'm not interested in hearing more. Sometimes I'm like, you know, um, I don't know. Sounds like he's right. Like when I'm like, just finding any way to change the subject, sometimes I just change the subject. But like, if I'm, if I'm asking her outright, like, how's, you know, well, what did you do? Like, how did that happen? And she'll, she'll just start making it like talking worse about it. Like, I don't know how to explain it completely, but like, she just kind of keeps, it's, it's almost like she wants my confirmation about how terrible it is, but she doesn't actually want me to help her with the problem. Um, she just wants to vent. Yeah. As you're saying it, I'm thinking how funny it would be if you actually just like double down on the negativity. I don't actually recommend this, but, but no. I wonder what would happen <laughs> I've tried if you that, like. Though. Like it's interesting. There was one time where we we were talking, um, and she was complaining about um some people who were visiting, and they'd been there for way too long. They were just kind of staying in her house, and she doesn't have she's not very good at setting boundaries with people. And so what she, what was happening is these people were just staying at her house. And she's like, my husband's just telling me that I should just tell them to leave. And I was like, I agree with your husband. You need to tell them to leave. And she's like, and she just had a huge argument with her husband over this. And she was like, <laughs> she just kind of gave me this like startled look. And then she just kept going, like talking about how terrible it is that they're there. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go file stuff. Like, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It really does make me wonder though, what would happen if you were like, yeah, your husband is a huge Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) I think she'd just be like, yeah, I agree with you. And then she'd like tell me more stories about it. I'm like, I don't want to keep this going. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That would happen. It amuses me to think about it though. Let's talk about what you have tried to do, because I know from your letter that you have tried a whole bunch of different strategies and none of them have worked. So will you run through what you have tried so far? Absolutely. I can do that. So one thing I've tried is finding some certain safe subjects that work. That's like food, for example. We can talk about food. I'm 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 vegan and she's fascinated with that. So we talk about that sometimes. And she'll tell me about a restaurant she went to. I mean, like the complaining's minimal there. So it kind of makes it like less negative, but it doesn't actually like there's no positive subjects with her. Sometimes I'm just I make sure I'm really busy with other things and I like save up. There's certain work that I can't do when she's there. So I just save up the work that I have to do when she's there, um, which it works okay. Uh, But sometimes she just like monologues in between, like I'll make a phone call and I'll get off the call and then she'll just monologue at me for a little bit um, while she's working. Or she'll just talk to herself. Like if I'm going and filing in the other room, she'll just like throw, she'll be like complaining about the work she's doing or like, why does he do this? What's this? And they're they're rhetorical questions that sound like she actually wants me to 
like jump in, but I, she doesn't. And I have to keep checking because I kind of need to know what she needs. Sometimes I take a lunch when she's there. And though it's not always, I'm not able to do it all the time. Sometimes I told you about just disagreeing with her. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, my husband should just tell them to leave. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with your husband. She just kind of moves on. I'll ask her what she, you know, the big thing is, the thing of where she'll be complaining, I'll say, you know, what are you going to do about that? And she'll go, I don't know. And then she'll continue to rant. And sometimes she'll just rant about how she doesn't know what to do, but she doesn't actually want to know what to do. She just wants to complain about how she doesn't know what to do. And then sometimes I'll say like, Hey, I can't talk right now. I need to do this work. And then she, like I said earlier, she just does the little comments. Like she'll be working and she'll be like, why does he work it this way? Or why does this happen this way? Or, you know, what's this supposed to be? And I don't know like what I'm supposed to jump in on and what I'm not. So I'll just be listening to her talking in the other room and then she'll just yell my name and I'll, I'll jump in and I'll be like, Oh, right. Sorry. Wasn't listening. Let's take a quick break here and then come back and talk about what to do. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. 
one of the things that was so fascinating to me about your letter is that you have already tried the things that I would normally suggest that you try and that in most cases would have some effect on the person. But she is impervious to to all of the normal things that you would try in this situation. The thing about asking her, so what do you plan to do about whatever negative thing she's complaining about, sometimes can work really well because, I mean, clearly not here, but but sometimes <laughs> it will get the person out of venting mode. And honestly, sometimes the reason it works is not because it actually shifts them into action mode, but because it makes you an unsatisfying person to vent to. Because if someone just wants to vent and they keep hearing in response, well, so what are you going to do about it? Often they will take their venting somewhere else because you're no fun to vent to at that point. But that apparently did not work with her. No, I, do- I learned that from you, Allison. So <laughs> that's why I did it. See, but my, it just made it worse. <laughs> my advice has let you down. This is terrible. It works in other areas too. It's worked before, just not with this particular person. Okay. See, she's very, she's very tricky. It's interesting. I do think there are a couple of different options that you can still try. Um, Let's talk more about the strategy of being busy with work while she's there. So if you directly say, I can't talk now, I have to focus on work, she just starts talking out loud to herself, right? Yes, exactly. When that happens, have you ever tried saying, hey, I'm sorry, but I've got to focus over here. Can I ask you not to talk to yourself while I'm working? I have not asked her to do that. Would you feel comfortable doing that? Because I think it's a reasonable thing to do, but I also know that it's the kind of thing that some people feel awkward about doing. I think she would be really annoyed with me, but I'm kind of okay with that. So um, I'd be comfortable asking her to be quiet. It's funny. I haven't even really thought of doing that, but yeah, that's, I could definitely ask her to, Hey, could you not talk to yourself? That would probably help that she might even do it. She just might just be really annoyed in the process, but I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think you may have to get any of these to work. You may have to accept that she's going to be a little annoyed with you, but that that's okay. I mean, her being annoyed with you is not the worst thing in the world. You're really annoyed with her right, right now. That's so, true. <laughs> so let's spread this out a little bit. Yeah. I think often people don't think to just be very direct about that because when someone is sort of already acting in a way that is outside the bounds of like the social contract that we normally have with each other about what is and isn't okay behavior. Like what she's doing is sort of outside those bounds. And I think when someone is, it can be hard for the other person, you in this case, to to even know what to do because <laughs> this person isn't playing by the same rules that you're used to people playing by. So I'm not surprised that it hasn't, that you haven't thought, oh, I could just ask that. But I would, I would try that, you know, say, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I've got to focus over here. Can I ask you to not talk while I'm working? And then if she starts back up and she might, because I suspect it's deeply ingrained habit with her, you can remind her. I mean, you can say, Jane, I really need to focus on on what I'm doing. I've got to ask you to stop doing that. And you can, you know, you can be nice about it. You can, it can sound like fake exasperated or whatever tone works for the relationship. I, you might need to do it a few times in order to kind of train her, maybe even more than a few times, but I bet if you did it enough, it would eventually help. That's a good point too. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting as you're saying this, because she's been doing this for a couple of years. I wonder, I'm kind of wondering if maybe a big picture conversation before that might be helpful, like to talk to her about, Hey, sometimes, you know, and sometimes honestly, like there's times where I don't have 
as much work to do when she's there because I'm still waiting. I'm kind of waiting on her. So there are going to be times where that won't be the case. But while I'm working, maybe she'll be able to calm down or I can like save up work then and do it more when she's around. So I kind of love that. And maybe even just something as you as you're saying this, I'm just thinking of like, hey, like sometimes when you're talking out loud to yourself, it might be I'm I, I get distracted. Could you would you mind just not talking out loud to yourself like that. It's really hard for me to focus. That's perfect. It's polite. She may still be annoyed, but it's it's really, I mean, any outside observer looking at that would say that's a perfectly reasonable, polite request. It's a place of work, you know? That's a request yeah. that we have to make of each other sometimes. I like the idea of you doing that kind of big picture, like, hey, sometimes this is distracting. And then in the moment, if it's continuing to happen, you can say like, hey, I've got to ask you to, to rein that in or hold that down. And she'll have that framework that you've already set up of understanding what you're asking. I kind of love that. It also kind of t- makes the problem that she's talking and not what how negative she is because I'm not going to change that about her. So, but I can have her talk less, which is, which is an improvement. So. Yes, absolutely. And I think I want to talk a little bit more about worrying that she might be annoyed because I think so often that constrains people in shoes similar to yours, um, where people feel like I've, I've exhausted all the things that I feel polite saying, person is still engaging in the problematic behavior. So now I'm out of options. But I think sometimes to get this kind of thing to stop, you have to get creative and not feel constrained by the same etiquette that you would follow with someone behaving more normally. And it's possible she won't even find it rude because clearly she's not using the same etiquette playbook <laughs> as most people True, are. That's a good point. But even if she does think it's a little rude or something, that's okay. I mean, it's not like you're calling her a jerk. You're telling her that you need to focus on work and you'll be doing it more assertively than you have previously. But again, I mean, the reason for that is that her behavior is so out of the norm. So I think it's okay to do something that doesn't feel perfectly polite here because she's created a situation where you're sort of forced to. None of that is to say that what we're talking about isn't polite. I mean, the sort of conversation that you're proposing is very polite. I think where you might start feeling less polite is if you have to do those follow-up reminders where you're like, hey, (laughs) you've got to keep it down over there. But that's really okay to do. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Now, if that doesn't work, because I want to be realistic that she so far has seemed immune to all reasonable tactics. (laughs) um, Yeah. One other thing, I mean, are headphones an option? You could explain at the outset, hey, I've started wearing headphones because they help me concentrate. And then maybe you could just play music and block her out while she's there. That's something I would have done, except that I'm, it's just not an option where she is. So, cause I have to take calls at the ah. other, so I switch desks and all my music and anything I would normally play. Cause I'm, I'm very fortunate. I get to work alone a lot of the time. So I play music all the time in the office, but I don't get to, I don't get to do that when she's there. So. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean. It might be that at some point you've got to figure you can cut down on some of this by telling her directly, but that there's always going to be some that you can't get away from if you need to interact with her. But taking it from, like, if it's a 10 now, taking it down to a four would probably still be a huge improvement in your quality of life. That's great. Yeah. Especially because it's only twice a month, like, you know, 10 to a four, I can work with a four. So we'll pause here for a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. 
love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. So we were talking about addressing it head on about the talking, but I think potentially you could also address the negativity. Like I would start with just the talking piece of it and see where that gets you. If that gets you down to a four, then great. But if she, if if it doesn't really take care of the problem and there's still lots of negativity being exuded into your space and you want to talk about the negativity, in theory, I'm hesitating here because... If you were around her daily, I would say to definitely do what I'm about to advise. Since you're not, I don't know that it's worth it. But in theory, at some point, you could say something to her like, hey, I don't know if you realize how often you vent here about things that you feel really negatively about, but it's a lot and it can be really tough to work around that. You know, I try to keep a more positive energy in here and always being so negative is making my own job unpleasant. But, you know, as I'm saying this, I feel like it's maybe too much for someone who's just in there a few times a month. It might be, although it could help if she gets really on a roll, like where she's really getting negative, I can kind of stop and say, hey, you know, like we're, we're kind of trying to work here and this is getting into a really negative space. And, um, you know, I totally get that you're in pain, you have stuff going on, but, you know, maybe you need to go and find, figure out, like, you know, I don't want to say like, go get professional help, but find a way to say like, hey, like if you need somewhere to vent like this, this is not something that I'm trained to do. Um, you know, and I can say it like that even, and, you know, she's probably going to hate that, but like, you know, if she, if she's feeling the need to come and have a non-consensual therapist, maybe she needs a real therapist, which she does not have. So, you know, that might be something to say, but I think that's something I would need to be really careful with and it'd be about timing 
especially. So I don't even know that I would say it, but like that might be something to just have ready to go yes. in my mind. I love so much about what you just said. For <laughs> I think the the wording itself is really good and that sort of general concept and also your point about timing, but have is exactly right. But thinking it through beforehand, like thinking if I, if there ever is an opening to say this, how do I want to say it? Then if there is that opening, you're ready to go and you're not just kind of winging it. Cause I think with these trickier conversations, if you do just wing it in the moment, sometimes it comes out really differently than, than how you wanted it to. (laughs) So no, but I think, I think that's great. And I think there's, there's a less formal option too, which is just like, Jane, I can't handle the negativity today. And I'm, I'm banning you from negative topics while you're here. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that would be good. Cause she totally, she'd probably laugh and then like we'd, we'd be over it and then she'd get negative. Like, Hey, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I kind of love that. That might help too. So you could try that. And that doesn't make it like a big thing. Like now I'm having this serious conversation with you. You're just kind of throwing it off and it's it's hard to argue with that. You know, what's she going to say? Like, no, <laughs> I, I will talk I about negative that. topics while I'm here. <laughs> I love that. That would probably make a huge difference. Oh, good. Okay. So there's something to definitely try. And really, I mean, I, like if you do say it and then you feel kind of rude having said it, it might get through to her where nothing else is. And again, like she's the one who's being rude here. So you don't need to dance around it out of politeness. Yeah. And I mean, it might be helpful, you know, to have a place that she goes uh, twice a month where instead of she's just venting, it becomes like a happy place to go where we just have fun. So and I imagine she doesn't have I I know that a lot of friends don't spend a lot of time with her because of this. This is her whole life. So maybe just having twice a month where we can have fun (laughs) might be might be good for her. And I suspect you will have to do those reminders a bunch. You know, I don't think you're going to say it once and it's going to be solved. I think it's you're going to have to keep it up. But if you can do it in kind of a fun, joking way where she doesn't, it doesn't feel like a personal attack. You're just like, hey, we're we're negativity free in this space today. Maybe it'll work. The other stuff I wanted to mention to look at is just whether there are changes that you can make to the physical environment. Like, do you have to be in the same space as her? Does she have to come into the office at all? That sort of stuff. In terms of changing the physical environment, uh, my boss is very understanding. And there's been, I've done a couple of things in that area that wasn't in my original list that I sent you, which was he's just very – he's so supportive of this. Um, I think he – when I first – came in, um, there was a point where he, he noticed that I was, cause sometimes he'll send me on errands out of the office where I was kind of asking, Hey, do you have any errands right before she'd come in? And he kind of picked up and he was like, how do you like working with the, with Jane? And I'm like, Oh, well, it's kind of tough. He's like, try again. I'm like, she's one of the most negative people I've ever met. And he's like, yeah, I, I totally get that. I'm the same way. And I'm, um, and so he actually, if he has something for me to do, he usually tries to set it for when she's around to have me go out. And that's kind of why I've taken lunches there too, because it gives me a break. Um, and then, but like she has to come in the office, and the way that it's set up is the same. Though I'm really fortunate that uh, there are there is an angle where I could be talking to my boss too, because he's. I mean, even just the last last week, I went on a break, and he needed me to do something as I was coming back from my break, and he was on the phone with me outside of the office, and he was like, "I can hear in your voice you're frustrated. Take a longer break." <laughs> he's like, "Don't go back to the office till like a half an hour from now." I'm just t- gave me a free paid break 
And basically it was like, just don't worry about it. And it's, he's very good about paying attention to work-life balance that way. And just was like, don't worry about it. It's cool. That way you can be in a good space by the time she leaves. And it was totally helpful. So that's probably the closest thing to changes that could be made. Got it. I like your boss, at least in this regard. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's great. He's so, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if she were, if she were daily and you were having to do this daily, I would be really curious about why he keeps her on uh, because I would say this is worth changing bookkeepers over, but I can kind of see it if he doesn't have that much interaction and you're only yeah. dealing with her she's a couple a times a month. She's a great bookkeeper. Yeah. I mean, what she's, she's technically fantastic and she doesn't interact with anybody but me. So <laughs> she's pretty great. <laughs> it's good for everyone else then. It's not great and for him, you. I mean, he calls, he always calls, he takes what I've noticed he has one phone call he makes to her every time she comes and he like, he listens and talks to her and she does the same thing with him on the phone with me right there. I'll listen to it. I'll hear it. And uh, yeah, he d- he does one and then he's done. And the- he doesn't pick up calls from the office except if he knows I'm in there. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he has the same problem. <laughs> uh, people are very strange. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so that's basically my advice. Under ordinary circumstances, I would have a lot of confidence in it, except that because you have tried all of these other very logical things to try without success, I am less confident in it than I normally would be. But I think that because this is about really directly telling her like, hey, I need you to to cut this out, maybe it'll go better than the previous things have. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of said even before we started recording that, like, if the answer to this was, you know, there's no option here, you're just going to have to deal with it twice a month. I'd be like, I told you, I was like, it's fine if that's the result, because I totally get this is really a more difficult situation. But I feel like what you've given me is really helpful because um, it's something that can at least make it better, which is totally great (laughs) because, you know, it is only twice a month and we can, I can always make it a little, bring it from a 10 to a four and that's going to make a huge difference. Good. And I think that's a healthy attitude to have about it. Let's manage our expectations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was so helpful. Thanks for listening to the Ask a Manager podcast. If you'd like to come on the show to talk through your own question, email it to podcast at askamanager.org, or you can leave a recording of your question by calling 855-426-WORK. That's 855-426-9675. You can get more Ask a Manager at askamanager.org or in my book, Ask a Manager, How to Navigate Clueless Colleagues, Lunch-Stealing Bosses, and the Rest of Your Life at Work. The Ask a Manager show is a partnership with How Stuff Works and is produced by Paul Deccan. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. I'm Allison Green, and I'll be back next week with another one of your questions. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.